When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. Welcome to Rat Sound Review. Hello. Oh, James has joined us. Hey, James. Hey, you dirty bastard. How you doing? Oh, he's here. Hey. Uh, uh, who, who says I can't make an, an appearance, you know, just <laughs> right at the right time. Nice hair. There he is. Well, James, you know, I have an air show. You get scalped an by an tomorrow, Indian. So, you know, I had to get all motivated and had my hair cut. So, since I, I got to participate. once. <laughs> what, a haircut? Yeah, once. Hey, yeah, uh, it has been a while. James, um, are you going to be able to see the whole show or not? I will be able to sit majority of the show unless she yells for me. So, gotcha. I cut out real quick. Is she I'm doing not... okay? Oh yeah, she's doing great. She's right. it's one of the it's a, it's a normal normal thing that she has every every six months. Well, it doesn't sound like any fun. So I, I wish her the best. So. Definitely, same here. Yes, yeah. yes. Hope everything is okay. I mean, anyone who can tolerate you has got to be a strong oh. James. <laughs> for twelve years, actually. Because uh, I mean, this woman's got to last. Last week, last weekend was our last Sunday was our twelfth year anniversary. She's wow. been tolerating me for twelve years. Wait, married, how long were you dating before you got married? Uh, how long? Four months. Wow. wow! Wow! Damn, smooth operator. Yeah, James. Wow. I knew. I knew. I knew. Okay. Did she know? No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> she still know, doesn't. No, she still She's doesn't. Still know. thinking about it. <laughs> She's still on the fence. Uh, literally. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> anyway. Wow! Wow! Good one there, Wayne. What? She can't get on the fence. <laughs> oh, come on! We were uh, not going. There. You can't climb up that high. Okay. It's <laughs> oh, not where I was going. All right, James, if she kills you, that's not on me, just to let you know. I've made a paralyzed girl joke? No. <laughs> she's never heard one before. Yeah, she's yeah, she's heard all of them. I mean, I always say, like, if, if you're going to see me dead, you're going to see little tire marks all over me. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It'll be a justifiable homicide. It probably James. would be. All right. Absolutely. At this, point, at this point, it's justifiable. And hopefully it happens on this show. Uh, welcome, everybody. To <laughs> what Rat is this, Logan Paul? <laughs> uh, welcome, Brought everybody. To you by wonderful liquid death. 
Oh, very nice. Very nice. And I have some ginger ale right here. Uh, I got a big ass mug of water, ice water. Wow. Yep. I'm drinking water as well. I'm just drinking the proper water. Ah. Uh, Lou, we have some things to talk about first before we do this show. Yeah, you got some. You got some business to attend we, to. We got some ish. We got some ish, my friend. Okay. okay. Show well, us the first thing that you showed me before uh, we got on here. Oh, the first thing. Okay, so yeah. if everybody recalls back in, uh, I think it was October, November of 2021, uh, we made the official announcement that uh, Wayne, myself, George Dimitri, and the awesome. Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, uh, resident Mr. John Witten of Shockwire were picked to be on a Def Leppard tribute album. And the song that we picked to play was On Through the Night, which you can find that video on my channel and the Rats Eye Review YouTube channel. Well, I'm happy to say we got a copy of the CD in hand. Wow. In fact, we have one copy that we are willing to do a raffle for. So this is all you got to do. Now pay attention. So Ratsaw Review, we're closing in on 1,000 subs. We're over the 830 mark at this point. So we're about 170 people away. Now I know y'all be watching because these Judas Priest Iron Maiden battles that we've been doing have been getting a lot of engagement from you people. Now, we don't know if you're subscribed or not. We're not stalkers like that. So we're going to find out, say right now, if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't subscribed, then subscribe. And the 1,000 subscriber to Rat Salad Review will get their own copy signed by me and Wayne. Wow. And we will make sure that we send it to you directly. Well, I'm not going to drive to that door. Well, we know that Wayne will be the one with the X. That's how you'll know he's. Well, that's probably much where you'll know how to be Wayne. Yeah. What do you mean directly? I'm, we're not going to drive I, to the I, house. I'm I'm mailman. Mailman. I, I've driven to you. I'll drive to you again. It's You're right. a mailman. You can yeah. drive. You can drive anywhere. What the hell? Yeah, come on, speedy delivery. Let's do it. Yeah, come, come on. on. Yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, now, uh, now, it's funny to me. I heard that you found another person from Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Hmm. Yes. Uh, John Witten of Shockwire. Um, well, well, you understand that's where my my grandmother is my my grandmother is from, and where my father was also born in the great yes town I, of Peterborough. Well aware that you have descendancy from the great Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Yes, wonderful so cottage country. Two awesome people from Peterborough, Ontario, Canada that I know personally. So uh, yeah, so I'm very excited. Actually, uh, here are uh, some of the songs that are on it. Uh, you got "Hello America," "Rock Rock Till You Drop," "Rock of Ages." Um, a really good unplugged version of Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad? Let It Go, performed by Roxy Blue. If anyone recalls who they were, they were around like back in 92. Um, photograph, <laughs> Lady Strange, Miss You in a Heartbeat. Um, also, Chef Leopard, which is a tribute. <laughs> I know. But the significance mm-hmm. is that they are a tribute band with the original drummer of Def Leopard, Mr. Tony Kenning. Oh, and they get cool. two songs on this. They get women and they get wasted. Which is more two more songs than he actually ever appeared on in a real Def Leppard album. <laughs> I don't even think it was on. I, I don't think he could be found on the uh early years box set. I don't even think he's on it. I've got it. Yeah. I don't think he's on who I gotta look at it. I haven't looked at that. Well, we were discussing it earlier today. You know, you got the first wasted album, Vice. Yeah, Frank and- Noon. 
right? But Frank Noon was no never relation. an official member of Def Leppard. He was just their fill-in drummer for their EP so they could record it. And then they found Rick Allen and they went out and, uh, you know, gigged behind it. You know, uh, I have a Def Leppard book called Hysteria that was written like in 87. That's worth money. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, content. Wait, Animal Magnetism, that book? Yeah, that one. Oh, my God. I, that's written by one of the writers of Kerrang. I want to say Nick Wall, actually. I've got it somewhere. I'll have to find it. Eventually. Okay, yeah. Um, also, <laughs> here's the funny thing. Um, if anyone recalls a couple of years ago when Vinnie Vincent was trying to make his big comeback, quote yeah. unquote, um, and uh, he decided to go with somebody else other than Robert Fleischman, he decided to go with Jim Crean. Well, Jim Crean is on this and he gets two songs, but I think he sang to a karaoke track of oh the original God. Death Leopard. <laughs> oh, no. I love it. I love it. I hope you're this. making that. I'm like, upload. wait a minute. That's a Phil Collins solo right there. <laughs> I, I hope you're making that up, Lou. No, oh. no. <laughs> It's too um, good. It's too good to not make up. That's the problem. That's I know. I crashed my car yesterday. I was cracking up listening to that. <laughs> um, two steps behind us, doing on through the night. Um, Love bites and me and my wine, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, I, good album. Um, I'm biased. I think we're the best one. So uh, yeah, um, a lot of older songs on there. Yeah. Which which suits me just fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. That is cool. Uh, and so yes, yeah, so the one thousand subscriber to the Rats Eye Review YouTube channel will get their own copy signed by me. Oh, oh. I, I would like to get it all to sign it, but we all live in different states except for yeah. me and Wayne. Yeah, I mean we can mail yeah. it to each other. But yeah, just mail it, but that's gonna get that's gonna get interesting. <laughs> that's gonna be yeah, really I, I, yeah. Um, I, just the uh, two of you guys. Anyways, YouTube so will one one thousand subscriber gets their copy signed by me and Wayne. So subscribe. You get yeah. You get you get you get to you get to the five hundred thousand. Then then we'll actually do the whole thing where we actually sign stuff. Yeah, we'll actually sign it at your house. Yeah, no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brave. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Wow. Well, one thousand subscribers will probably be about maybe three years from now. So well, Lou, Lou, you gave me hope. <laughs> when I do my Alice Cooper tribute album, I'm not going to hire musicians. I'm just going to have a karaoke machine. And <laughs> just recorded so that one. I, I was dumbfounded at how obvious that sounded. I was like, dude, you played to a karaoke track? Really? That's Anyways, what I'm going to do. Right? That's yeah, sad. Don't be like through. In all uh, seriousness, though, there's a couple of people that I do want to thank for this. Um, I want to thank uh, Miss Karen Fairchild Meyer of the uh, Def Upper Die Hard uh, Facebook page because she's the one that was pushing for us to be on it. Uh, I want to thank Lorelai Shellist, uh, Steve Clark's former fiance, and uh, Helen Collin, Phil's wife, for being on my podcast in the first place and getting, you know, getting us at in Karen's. Uh, I, you know, get, getting her getting our attention or us getting her attention. So I have to thank them. And I want to thank Steve from FNM Records for uh, having us, uh, giving us this opportunity to have it on a, um, you know, nationwide distributed tribute album. So thank you all for that. Yeah, I don't thank anybody. And uh, we deserve to be on that compilation. <laughs> so I think well, we so. do got to thank George and John and Alex. They did a great job. 
No, they're terrible. Oh my god, um, you're a dick. So- <laughs> <laughs> if me and James, how are you going to be dealing with these? If me and James knew all we needed to do was sing to karaoke machine, we would deserve. <laughs> you guys could have been on the compilation too. I don't want to break somebody because I can't sing. I am all freaking musician in the back. All right. We're Doesn't not, matter, I'm not gonna James. Sing. No, this is no. a chance at stardom, and no. now we've lost our chance at stardom. <laughs> Yeah, I, it could be I, another I, compilation. I believe the Death Leopard uh, cover compilation would be better off without me on there. <laughs> right, we'll find maybe next time we'll find out. Yeah. Um, anybody get anything? I, I haven't gotten anything. The only thing I got was this cool shirt, Mega Man, and um, I got two Severed Angel shirts. One was wrong, and uh, that's about it. What Severed Angel? What is that? Is that is that the band oh. that you guys talked about last? Yeah, time? Severed Angel. What, what is that? Uh, guys? What, so you guys have, what like, an you guys amazing have, like, question you pose. Yeah, you have like a YouTube, you know, video. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Who are yeah, these who guys? is this fucking band you talking about? Yeah. YouTube. If anybody wants to go to Severed Angel Band on anything, I think it's uh, Facebook. Uh, I know it's Instagram. Twitter is Severed Severed underscore, underscore. Angel underscore, and TikTok is Severed Angel Band. So if you look up Severed Angel Band, you'll find it somewhere. And that is what about if I, you guys leave a link after the show's over? Yes, I've been. You know, I'll, that I'll might, that might be a good idea. Yeah. You know, it might be something awesome to listen to. I did find out that well, you know other bands are coming out with some new music. I know um, Gorillas is coming out with a new album pretty soon. Oh, that's cool. I like oh, Gorillas. That's, that's great. Um, so anyway, that's my that's my my band and, and Lou's in there as well. He plays the guitar. He, he what do you mean your band? Of... Our band. Well, I didn't I didn't know how to say that correctly, so I said my band and Lou's band. And uh, who else is in the band with us? Uh, George Alex uh, Dimitri from uh, Timeless Haunt and well, for, <laughs> Alex, formerly uh, of Timeless Haunt. Formerly yes. of Timeless Haunt. Uh, Alex Rapetti uh, and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Mark Mark Mushnick. Munch Mush Mushnick Mushnick Mark Mushnick. He's uh, on keyboards, and uh, yes, no, no, it, it, we're all pretty cool people, and uh, we play well, some pretty cool music. I don't know the dr- the drummer sounds like an ass. Yeah, Wayne Mustaine has got three. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Ulrich. No, over there. No, this, oh. this, this man is really cool. I've, I've been getting a lot of people saying how much they like this this new music, so I'm really excited to hear. And, and I hate to I don't brag. Opinions. I hate to brag though, but thank you for everyone for giving me the most views on the Severed Angel YouTube page. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, I'm just actually... Really, you got the most views? That's right. It's his boyish Greek good looks right there, you know? We'll That's that. right, Hellenic God right here. Fuck <laughs> GGP. I'm putting myself over. <laughs> you know you probably watched it yourself about 100 times. I did. Anyway, Don't let uh... the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so uh, actually, this Friday is the debut of our cover song uh, from the band Ghost is going to be the song Square Hammer. So Friday at uh, 12.30 p.m. I, I figured, song. so do I. That's why I, I suggested the cover. That is a great song. <laughs> good it is a good song. Yeah, good but, choice. Um, yeah, it's going to be at 12.30. I picked 12.30 because I figured it's lunchtime. Everybody's on their lunch break and they'll be on YouTube and it'll be on there. So everybody can watch it and um, be cool. And we're about 96% away from completion. Yeah. Yeah. So I just finished the last well, song. You know, today, Lou, so. I hate I hate to put this burden on you, but uh, I'm I'm hoping for a better guitar solo from the uh, Square Hammer guitar solo than than what the Faceless School did. You know, you're not the um, first person that's told me that they were not keen on the guitar solo on the original track. I'm not. I'm not. It's not that I'm not keen on it. I just think someone could do it better. Someone that has the fingers of a Greek god. 
Exactly. Has, who has exactly? <laughs> uh, well, Directly I'm, from I'm the voice of God. Exactly. Yeah. Call me Zeus, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm proud to say I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised and uh, very happy with it. Um, I, I'm not going to boast. Um, it wasn't. It's not just me doing the solo. Me and Alex actually split it. However. Uh, there is one part of the song that we kept in because we th- the one part of the solo that we kept in because we thought it was just awesome. So we're not going to spoil it, but you're going to hear it and go, yeah. Cool. I don't even know what that part is. Well, I'm not going to spoil it, so yeah. you're going to have to wait. Yeah, is yeah. it? The, it's in the solo. Yes, I just not said that. Like drum solo. Yeah. not the drum solo. Thanks, Wayne. yeah. Thanks for freaking listening there, well, Wayne. They, they edited out the drum solo. Wayne listens to the voices in his head, and no one else. I, you know what? I was looking at all the views you got. So who knows? Yeah, like, who's track? Who needs a tick track when he has his own freaking voice? What? In his head, right? a what a tick track? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you uh, want to get started, Wayne? I'll get started uh, today. What are you pulling down? What do you got? Oh, you got stuff. Go ahead. Oh, look at that. You know, oh, yeah. that, album's, that album's very it's, rare, apparently. Uh, yeah, I know. I had, to, <laughs> I had to get my copy off Discogs. So. I still have my original from 1997. Anyway, Wayne, do this, your thing. This is the original from 1997. I actually found a, a CMC International 97 print. So Did it get reissued after that? I guess we'll no, talk about it. No, never I got reissued. Never. Did not get reissued because that uh, record company went out of business like nine, uh, 2009. Yeah, but did yeah, they include the uh, vinyl copy in that huge box set or a CD copy of that box set they put out last year? Anyway, we'll talk about no, it. No, they did not. It's no? only uh, the Rob Halford piece. They didn't put they the... They I thought they included... All right. No. I, I'm pretty they sure they, they, they so, so what I've read is they actually... That one and the next one are the only two albums that they really don't talk about. They're not in any box sets. They don't even play them still live, even though Rob Halford says he's open to doing it. Lie. Don't do yeah, which is probably that's, a lie. That's not um, bullshit. That, that's actually like, yeah. two songs off this album are represented on mythology, right? And two songs off demolition. Um, the two songs off this album that are um, uh, recognized are the title track "Jugulator" and "Bloodstained." So tracks one and two. Christ. Anyway, yeah. so ahead. tonight we are doing uh, our Judas Priest Jugulator and Iron Maiden's X Factor. So both albums have brand new singers, and uh, so this is going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll start with Jugulator first, since you just showed that album. Jugulator is the 13th studio album released October 1997. It was their first studio album with American lead vocalist Tim Ripper Owens. Uh, the lyrics dealt with harsher themes than previous releases, including the eponymous mechanized demon, which disembowels its prey, and the end of the world in the song Cathedral Spires. The guitars were also tuned down, and they made a shift to a more thrash, metal-oriented sound. Um, this is the first studio album of Judas Priest that I actually bought. Uh, I know, it took me a long time to buy a Judas Priest album. Why? I was just in a music store that day. I think it was released not too long uh, before I went to that store. Well, it was also a seven-year gap between uh, original albums. Right, that too. But I was also like, I, I had to hear what Judas Priest sounded like now with somebody else behind, you know, the vocals, you know, so yeah. 
it's kind of interested so i grabbed it um so i thought it was good i you know i thought uh, tim ripper owns could do similar things to what halford does but he also added some of that grittier vocal style some kind of like those growling i don't know what you call that other like darker vocals that he does but uh you know he's got a growl he's got a growl yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't call it like a it's, death not, metal it's more growl, but... it's more growly it's just it's just more guttural sounding than right. what yeah. Ralph. yeah his Ralph his I'll get to Ripper when we discuss the album. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the music itself is entirely different. I thought. Uh, I don't know if they were just uh, if they just weren't memorable. But after listening to this album, there's not really one guitar solo on this whole thing. Uh, but the, this was also the thing to do around this time. Uh, there were a couple melody things here and there, but nothing that stands out uh, with like with a flashy guitar solo like all the older albums. Um, and I don't think this album is terrible, but it lacks what made Judas Priest Judas Priest. Instead of being the leaders, they were trying to jump on a trend, but this time, I think, was already kind of fading out. Uh, and I'm not going to go to specific details through every song, because every song kind of seems similar to each other. Um, but the standout tracks for me are Bloodstained, Dead Meat, Burn in Hell, Abductors, Bullet Train, and my favorite song on the album, Cathedral Spires, because I think that's probably has the most melodic parts in the whole album. Uh, the rest, uh, the rest is just an all-out pound your face uh, assault musically. Ah. Um, it's the heaviest album they've ever done, and that I honestly don't think they should have done. But I guess where do you go after Painkiller without your singer that's been with you since the first album? So I appreciate the effort. Uh, I like, and and like I said, it's a good album. I wouldn't tell anyone not to listen to it. But if you're looking for a genuine priest album, this isn't it. Manny. I think the album's shitty. Um, let's start wow. with that. that. See, I don't think it's shitty. But go How ahead. do you really feel? Uh, yeah, geez, I, think, yeah. I think the songwriting... Let's see. I bought it when it came out because I wanted to hear what somebody would sound like that was in Robin Halford. As far as Ripper Owens' performance, I don't have a problem with it. He can He can sing. He can do what he was hired to do. And he also added his own identity. And it's interesting that Judas Priest and Iron Maiden both have new singers. Judas Priest got someone who can do justice to the old material and bring in his own style. Right. Iron Maiden, when we get to it, brought someone who can sing, but they didn't adapt to the way those, they didn't adapt to the style Blaze Bailey could have brought his own style in. Anyway, um, Jugulator, I think the lyrics are terrible juvenile i'm not saying every judas priest album you know you're going to confuse him with dylan thomas lyrics of heavy metal but right. blood blood stain um it, it's very uh, primitive lyrics it's just yeah, very basic yeah, yeah, they're, they're not they're, they're they're not writing hamlet here no no right. it's not shakespeare no, no they, they're not they're not they're barely writing the electric company or sesame street let alone hamlet i mean it's <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey you guys yes exactly yeah no, I, I, goonies took that from electric company that was rita moreno yeah. that uh originally oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah was, i know yeah. i know it was however i just I, I hear that and i hear i hear goonies because yeah I hear too. I never i'll heard. take rita moreno over chunk any day it kind of kills me because I'm a huge, huge Judas Priest fan. I think the performances are good, if that makes sense, but the songwriting is lacking. I think they just went to go heavy for the sake of being heavy. I think they chucked out melody. I think they chucked out anything memorable. Uh, Cathedral Spirals is a great song. I'll give you that. The title track is good, despite the ridiculous lyrics. Again, they've had 
character saw as painkiller is a character mark you know mm. um the sentinel is a character nothing wrong with that but this this didn't make it seem like marvel comics it made it seem like archie comics it just was not you leave jughead out of this do you mean it was too cartoony for its own good absolutely it was absolutely okay. it was yeah i and again everyone blames ripper owens for this album and i think he's a stand-up performer on this album actually i should have said it's shitty it's so it's it's okay if it was anyone's name but judas priest or probably praise it but judas priest i does i expect more we criticized turbo but i really like turbo even ram it down as bad as it was those still sound like Judas Priest. Right, and it's memorable. Right. Uh, but this, it's like you said, they were chasing a trend. It didn't feel true to their spirit. If you listen to the live album they put out with Ripper Owens or Tim Owens, mm. it's excellent. You can right. tell these guys still had it. And those songs sound better live. So mm. maybe they just need to be seasoned. But overall, I feel the album's a disappointment. And uh, though I do think they should put it back in print because I don't i think their legacy just for their legacy shake it should be available for fans other than that i i don't recommend it um man uh luke i want to let james go first james all right well you're gonna i'm gonna blow everybody's mind i like this go ahead go ahead and blow it i want to hear it i love this sound okay now granted i will admit this i am a new metal fan I grew up when right, new like, metal started. That right. was when that was when I started. So for me, hearing this, hearing the hearing like like say Cathedral Spire sounds like a Pantera song. Sounds mm-hmm. a lot like Cemetery Gates to me. Yeah. Uh, Jugulator sounds a lot like Slayer. And and four, five, and six, Death Road, Decapitate, Burn in Hell, Brain Dead, all sound new metal to me. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm down with that. I could dig that. I think it's a little bit more intricate than what everyone's saying. I don't think they chucked out the melody. They just made the melody different and they added and they put it in there in between the the more chugging sounds of the of the bass and the guitar. Ripper Owens, yes, the lyrics aren't my favorite thing in the world. They're not they they are not Shakespeare. It is it is very much ba- basic bare bones, you know, uh, stereotype metal sounding lyrics which aren't great. They're they're pretty shitty. But the sound and everything, I absolutely loved it. I I actually really enjoyed it, and actually had to go back finish X, you know, the uh, X Factor before this, so that I could actually be on a happy note. Because, like I said, I enjoyed the music. I wish I wish I could have it on Amazon because I'd actually put a couple of the songs on there just because I like the thrash and the, the the lot heavier sound. Because I thought it was a little bit too, not trying to be mean, but I thought it was a little too light in the pants the last few albums. I felt like the sound wasn't there. Mm-hmm. James, do you think it's because you're a new metal fan and you didn't? I'm I'm a lot older than you. Do you think that's why it resonated yes. with you, where it didn't resonate with me? Yes, I feel I feel like I mean, if you want to hear really bad lyrics, go listen to Cold Chamber. If you really think this is bad lyrics, go listen to them first, and then get back with me. You know, go listen to some Limp Biscuit first before you come back with me with this stuff. You know, I mean, I'll agree with that. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. So. For me, I feel like, yes, if this wasn't Judas Priest and everyone had, didn't have their preconceived notions that this is this is not British Steel, this is not freaking painkiller, this is not those, this is not that that Judas Priest. This is a different Judas Priest. And I think it's a I, I enjoy it a lot better. Ripper Owens vocals, because you I know I know you you respect Rob Halpert as a singer, but I know high that kind of high singing is not your thing. But you yeah. think of uh 
Tim Owens' performance on here. I thought it was good. I mean, I think I think some of the the high pitched uh, falsettos were a little forced um, in some of the parts, but I felt like they fit a little bit better in line with like how Painkillers' falsettos were than I did before that. I felt like sometimes they were forced. There were a lot of times they were really forced in other ones. This one was a little bit more subtle about it. And this is why I love having you on the show because you give me a different perspective than my perspective. I'm looking at it from a middle-aged guy. The, yeah, the, the classic area. And he's looking yeah. from it from like the yeah. and, I'm thinking I'm thinking of it when I came of age listening to this stuff right. in 90s, in, in 96, yeah. in 97, 98, when in 99, when I really got into it, when I, I was a freshman in high school. So that's, you know, that's, that, that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from this as a kid. Remember being 15 and being pissed off at the world and hearing this and be like, fuck yeah, let's rage out. Do you think this would have fit <laughs> in as a kid? This would have been something you would have picked up if you somehow heard it as a yes. kid? Okay, cool. Yeah, because I have to remember, my first, the first album of quote unquote heavy metal I listened to was the Metallica Black album. Okay. So for that was my, that was my gateway drug in the metal. I like to call it. So for me, hearing something like this, yeah, I would have, I would have bought it. You know, like I said, this is why I love having you on the show, James, because your perspective is so different than mine. I find it interesting, refreshing. So I think that's great. Yeah, cool, Lou. Unpopular opinion. This is my sixth favorite Judas Priest record. Um, I can find myself sort of like that gateway between how Manny feels about classic priest, but also how James feels about what was popular at the time that he was a teenager, because, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, 1993 to 2000, you know, my generation kind of bridged that gap between like the classic metal to, you know, new metal into melodic Swedish death metal into new wave of American heavy metal to what you have now. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was a fan of most new metal bands. Like I, I, I'll admit I was not a cold chamber fan, but you know, the bands that kind of fell into that category, like corn Deftones, um, you know, uh, pissed on, or when they signed to a major label piston, you know, uh, even bands that were in new metal at the time, but, you know, still kind of got lumped in like typo negative and fear factory, even Pantera, they, you know, they get lumped in that category, which I think is completely unfair. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of that stuff. Um, you got to keep in mind uh, one thing when Halford left in 92, a year later, he came out with fight. So, you know, and, and the year that he quit, he was on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack with Pantera doing Light Comes Out of Black. Mm-hmm. So here's, you know, Rob embracing, you know, the metal of the 90s. And then Fight comes out and it's like, where the hell did that come from? I'm a huge fan of War of Words. I think that's one of the best releases Hopper's ever done. But, you know, what did Priest really have to show for it uh, between Painkiller's release till this? They had Metal Works, which is a double disc compilation CD. And then in 96, Century Media released a, a tribute album to them with Merciful Fate, Halloween, and you know, a bunch of other bands. So here you have all these bands that came in Judas Priest's wake who were 
incredibly influenced by priests and and the influence is painstakingly obvious and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but i mean it's obvious that these bands are influenced by priests but other than that where's the love for priests how come no one was telling them hey you know get a singer let's go on tour together you know and at one point ralph sheepers of gamma ray who went on to form uh primal fear was up for the role but got passed over for ripper owens when scott travis actually found a video of him playing in a um judas priest tribute gave it to glenn and kk and said we should try this guy out personally i think ralph sheepers with um with judas priest would have been great but i can tell you this this wouldn't have happened if ralph was in the band it probably if anything would have been um not a continuation of painkiller it probably would have been a combination of like Screaming for Vengeance meets Gamma Ray. So yeah. would that have been Priest? Probably not. Um, uh, James, anyway, Henry Barnett cool. wants to know why you look like me, like you're impersonating me. <laughs> uh, that's because A, I'm a balding 38-year-old man, and also I'm in the military, so I had to get a close haircut for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, Lou. Uh, Tell tell Greg he can sign on because he's just got off the phone with us. Yeah, tell tell him to sign on. Yes. Um. Anyway, so the um. So back to what I was saying. So Priest was like, you know, hey, you know, like all these bands, all you know, our genres kind of moved away from us. So to me, what Jugulator really is, is a big middle finger to everybody who doubted them, saying, oh. You're the new blood and you think you could do what we started. We can do it better. As far as I'm concerned, Jugulator, it's one of the best things that they've ever done. Um, I think the lyrics are juvenile. Yeah, I'll admit that. But Ripper's performance is killer, number one. And number two, the attitude of these songs it's pummeling and at the time where it's like you know you're hearing a bunch of new metal bands forgive me james but a lot of them you know complaining about mommy and daddy issues no, it's just, kinda... just, just say corn right out right at the top of the bat i mean come on corn <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice to hear a song about wanting to beat the living shit out of somebody and killing them. So when I heard Jugulator, I was like, thank you. Um, but there's one culprit that I think is really responsible for priests going this direction. And that culprit is Pantera. If it wasn't for Pantera, because Pantera was the biggest metal act of the 90s. I'm not talking Metallica. I mean, Metallica has transcended metal. You know, I mean, they're they've transcended into hard rock for all we know you know it's like they they've transcended past thrash and metal i mean the fact that alternative radio still plays them you know that goes to show you metallica's influence alternative radio classic rock plays the hell out of them classic rock there you go yeah there you go so pantera really were the front runners for the metal band of the 90s so of course priest is going to go out of the way to be like all right we're going to chase this and we're going to do better than you guys. Um, I think it's tragic that they went from headlining arenas 
to playing Roseland Barroom, which fits 2,000 people, Irving Plaza, which fits 1,000 people, um, Hammerstein, which fits 2,500. You know, and I mentioned to you guys that in 2002, they played the Bald Hill Amphitheater out in uh, Suffolk County to 5,000 people with L.A. Guns, Rat, and Dokken. <laughs> you know, um, which unfortunately shows the decline of opportunity that Priest was getting. But Jesus, it kills me that this album is so overlooked by everyone. And it, it makes me happy as a Priest fan to know that some, if not most of us, still stood by them during this period. Um, I personally don't think there's one bad song. Uh, I would say my, my favorite song, I mean, I'm attached to it, is uh, Jugulator. I wouldn't have had Burn in Hell released as the first single. I think Bloodstain should have been a better single because the groove of that song, the rhythm of that song, I mean, come on. If you needed someone to like out Sepultura, Sepultura's Roots, Bloody Roots, that would have been the song, in my opinion. So I really do find quality on this record, and I stand by that. Yeah, there really is not a bad song on the album. It's a, it's a, a good album, but there is. Yeah. It's just not classic priest. My problem again is lyrics and bloodstain. Uh, that is a perfect example of the lyrics that I hate about the album. Mm-hmm. You know, it Dude, is the just, lyrics don't bother me too much. The performance of those lyrics, I, I I think I think Ripper performed with conviction. I will. And that's I don't what take that over. away from him. I won't take that away from him. And I wasn't a lot. You know, I was only in my twenties and the nineties, but a lot of my friends, well, they were idiots. So who cares? You know, they didn't. They like, you know, decided they're going to stay here. They don't like grunge. They don't like new metal. I like the Deftones. I like Corn. I like Shadows Fall. So I did like that stuff. And I understand oh, a, third, a third person who talks about Shadows Fall on this show. I like them. I like them. I'm not going to. So, so you haven't heard this, Manny. I actually, they were the opening act of Ozfest 03 in Atlanta. Yeah. At nine o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. And I freaking was loving every minute of it because, like, me and like 30 other people knew who this band was and was excited for it. I'd watched on, I'd watched their video, uh, Fixation on the Darkness on MTV2. Like, that's Kill Switch Engage. Oh no, sorry. no, excuse me. Not not uh, sorry. Um oh god, what was the foul shadows false uh uh thing? Uh yeah. Uh sorry, I got them mixed up. I apologize. It's okay. I like kill life. switch engage too, so they're uh, good. Everyone, everyone likes kill switch engage yeah. too, yeah. Um I'll tell oh you. god, what was it? I'll tell you real quick. Oh man, I hate fact checking during the show. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, I, can, I, fucked up. Sorry, I fucked it up. Stepping but outside yeah. the circle? Was it stepping outside the circle? It could have been. Hold on. Uh, I just I just remember them being like out there and they were kicking ass and nobody could give a shit less. And I was just like, fuck, I wish you guys were yeah, everyone was out there just freaking going going shit on it uh destroyer of senses that's what it was okay no, uh, you know what sorry I, sorry I, I got mixed up they're really close to each other it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they're, they're both killer bands and you know what i love seeing both of those bands on the way up you and when they made it them. i was happy for them you i mean see kill switch what, they, what about uh, kill switch i didn't I get, get to see kill switch oh. i got to see with I howard to see jones uh, i like i got to see it with the second singer howard jones is that yeah. his name yeah, I like yeah. both singers. I love. I it. do too, actually. I, I like how they did Worlds Collide. I thought that was great. No, that was killer. But 
Yeah, I, I still, I've kept the album because I keep everything like Wayne. I don't, I, I throw it on every blue moon, but I don't, uh, I definitely don't love it. And it's definitely in the bottom tier for me of Judas Priest albums. I know it's in the upper tier for me. And actually, I think, I think when next time I'm working out, I wish I had this on like Amazon Music or something like that, because I would be blasting the hell out of this while doing the lifting session. What I wish you Amazon Music so would put it out, so because hey, Owen should get some royalties. Well, I guess he doesn't get any because he's a he, I was reading a thing. He wants to re-record this album and the next one re-record it for you know well so. the next one could use some re-recording because the next one is complete shit and i'll I'm say sorry. nothing nice about that one but we're not there yet yeah, yeah. i mean he, he would still get performance royalties if the album was still in print yeah i wonder why it's not print it didn't sell because of the record label. the, the record, record labels that went under oh yeah, yeah so, so, so here's so here's the thing so, down the master tapes i'm sure but anyway but is so cmc records uh ended up becoming metal is records which at one point had halford and then Metal Is was bought up by Sanctuary. I think Sanctuary may have been bought up by Universal. Sanctuary. And um, oh, and you were thinking those tapes are destroyed in a fire. You got it. Yeah, that that's that's criminal. I, I don't even want to talk. Somehow about it. though, Iomi still has the master tapes for the IRS uh, Tony Martin era. So that's great because I'm waiting to hear a. Uh, updated version of the headless cross hopefully he'll come well that soon. that could be problematic because even though he at the time owned the black sabbath name to reunite with ozzy i think he gave up rice so i don't know how that's gonna work it's 50 50 him and ozzy so you know we'll see how's and, it 50, uh, and ozzy, 50 ozzy. Well ozzy didn't moment. fucking write a goddamn song all right forget <laughs> it i'm i'm just, we'll that's drop. a topic for a different episode yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh murphy murphy full fate don't like hey, tones don't like shadows fall don't like kill switch no offense, just didn't get into the metal. None taken. None taken. Whatever floats your boat. No, no, no. So, 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 just, just for funsies. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't like Deftones either, but I do like Shadows Fall. Well, I, I love. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't like horny new metal, okay? Yeah, no, I don't. I just could never get into them. My well, wife that was like, them. that's like one of the shortest lived genres uh, in history, but. New it metal, gets, it's still going down. What the hell? Well, Slipknot, yeah, but I'm telling you, no, yes. freaking, freaking Corn Smack keeps bringing out albums. Corn still I consider God Smack more of a grunge influence in new metal, but I guess they were considered new metal, huh? Well, yes. a, a lot of bands Herb has a new album. A, a lot of bands that, that, that are one. new today are influenced by that era, but well, they're also sense. influenced by like all era of of the genre. So you know, I I have to admit, I'm re- I'm am really beginning to despise the subgenres. It's like you know, only I, only, I am too. only douche nozzle gatekeepers care about that shit. Really, I mean, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I don't even like the term heavy metal anymore because it doesn't mean anything. You know, but uh, Murphy said, uh, "Sorry, I just showed up. What records are we talking about? Uh, Kill Switch Engage versus Shadows Fall today." <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> no, later. No, we're talking about Round Earth versus Flat Earth. I can't believe <laughs> Steph Carpenter is a flat earther, but I mean, whatever. Jugulator yeah. versus uh, X Factor, uh, but Slipknot number four album versus. <laughs> you know, I still, right. I versus, still get versus away. Tom Jones's the lead and how to swing it. Anyway, uh, forget uh, the was it uh, October uh, typo negative October rust versus. 
you know, I still get a lot of shit for liking Slipknot and having Barbara Streisand and having Iron Maiden and Judas Priest in my collection. I don't one of, one of these days, Manny, I'm going to have to show you my my freaking playlist and it's going to bake your brain. Oh, well. <laughs> side versus Aqua. Barbie Girl versus Once Upon the Cross. Anyways. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, no. We're, uh, lit my, be My Sunshine is going to be on that list as well. Oh, I tang my. You know they sampled that anyway. from a porn star. You're damn right they did. Okay, yeah, they did. Andrea True. Yep. Yes, the Andrea True connection. Yeah, and the only connection she has is nothing because she's dead. Anyway, go. Yeah. On. <laughs> wow. But anyway, but, uh, yes, brutal, we're doing brutal. I, <laughs> doing Judas Priest Jugulator versus Iron Maiden's uh, X Factor. And we just did Judas Priest, so now we're going to do Iron Maiden. And where's Greg? I thought he was coming is Greg on. Greg coming on. No. I guess not. I guess all right. He's been. He's 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 probably calming down. Uh, this is fired. his fucking idea. This is his yeah. idea. Yeah, I'm here having to suck through this. And yeah, he's like, oh, these <laughs> albums are going to suck. Are going to hate one, one thing I want to I'm say. Like, I'm like, I love this shit. Bring more of this on. One thing I want to say. If Eric Adams is watching this, if you call us murderous blaspheming bastards for our opinions on this episode in particular. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lou actually coming out with the big guns on there. Yeah. Call him, call him what he is. An yeah. Iron Maiden mark. No, he really is a Maiden mark. <laughs> with that. Uh, Iron Maiden, the X Factor is the 10th studio album released October 1995. Oh, is that the significance of X? Because X is a Roman numeral for 10. Wow. Original marketing. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so 1990s. Andrew Peters, I'd rather listen to Tim Owens and Blaze Bailey. Okay. You and everybody right, else. Bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and actually, you know, I, I feel like Blaze Bailey gets a lot of shit because they're making him do shit that he is not he is not able to do. Well, let and, Wayne and talk about the rundown. Me, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that, James, because that's <laughs> a good point. But anyway, go ahead, Wayne. It is the first of two albums by the band to include Blaze Blaze Bailey, formerly of Wolfsbane, uh, as vocalist replacing Bruce Dickinson, who left the band following their previous tour to pursue a solo career. It also saw the departure of the band's longtime producer Martin Birch, who retired shortly after the release of the previous album. Uh, the album takes a darker tone than the band's first nine releases due to the lyrics being based on personal issues surrounding Steve Harris's at the time, uh, who was in the midst of a divorce. Uh, this is reflected in the cover artwork as well, which graphically depicts the band's mascot, Eddie, being uh, vivisected. This is the first time I've ever heard that word uh, by a machine. Vivisection is being torn apart while you're still alive. Obviously. Okay. It's, in case no one else knows. And that's the name saying. of a of a extreme metal band that uh oh, by the damn way. so you can't okay. use that name wayne for your next project no now oh, continue yeah, right. yeah, right. well that was severed angel was going to be called vivisected but uh I, I, I well, we realized we wrote songs longer than five seconds anyways continue yeah. <laughs> uh the cover art depicted eddie undergoing another lobotomy uh was created by hugh sim or sime sime uh, hugh sime yeah Dime, so. yeah uh, due to the cover's lifelike style, the band were forced to release the album in the reversible sleeve. Did you ever see that? That's retarded with the back. Yeah, the that's, the, that's the one I've got on CD. Yeah. Yeah. The really one that I had it. was the close-up, not the uh, not, not not the distant shot. I had the distant shot. Is it CMC also, uh, Lou? Yes, it is. All right, go ahead. Continue, Wayne. Uh, now, this album... Uh, all right this is me talking about the album now this album i was really looking forward to hearing uh i remember when it was being released and i think it was uh maybe headbangers ball or some kind of mtv show 
they were having like a record release party or something for it. Uh, there were people giving like interviews, and some people said that the new vocalist reminded them of David Lee Roth. What? Uh. <laughs> exactly. I always remember them saying that because David Lee Roth. Yeah, I like I can understand that, like coming from Wolfsbane, because maybe he kind of did have that like David Lee Roth type thing to him, you know? Because Wolfsbane was like a kind of like a party band. Yeah, and and they were. I I just I bought their live album, and he's great getting the crowd going, but it's definitely different than David Lee Roth. It's it is very different. So I don't know where they got that comparison from. But I always remember that because I'm like, how the hell's David Lee Roth going to fit with Iron Maiden? You know that that doesn't make sense to me. Completely impossible. Completely impossible. But you know, after I got the album figured out, he does not sound like David Lee Roth whatsoever. But uh, I I remember seeing um, uh, with the Man on the Edge, and I really liked that song. And when I finally got the album, uh, it's really good. I found out Blaze absolutely. I already said that. Uh, Which, in a way, I think is good that he doesn't sound like uh, David Lee Roth. Uh, What the hell? I gotta just fuck myself up here. All right, here we All right, go. Let's get the David Lee Roth narrative out of the I'm equation. Trying, I'm trying to get there. Uh, his voice, Blaze's voice. Gary Sharon. Me- Sorry. What was that Def Leppard tribute that we're on? We have nine people watching. Let me stop right now. When we started this show, we have a contest that's going on. The 1,000th subscriber of this show will get a copy of this CD right here. It's called Let's Get Rocked, a tribute to Def Leppard. Me and Lou are actually on this. Remember number the 12. Uh, number 12. We did a, co- uh, a cover of the song uh, 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 On Through the Night. Uh, so we're on that compilation. So whoever is going to be the thousand subscriber will get a copy of that CD. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go scri- subscribe now. Make fake YouTube pages and just click subscribe. That's the quickest way you do it. Form your own that, bots. It's okay. That, that works for me. Just as, Man, long as, as long as you get the, as long as you get the CD and it's signed by Lou and Wayne, because we, me and Manny are not going to be on that signing. No, it's because we didn't have a karaoke machine to do our. Yeah, we didn't. You did an audition for Vinnie Vincent either. So good on you right. for that. <laughs> uh, I'm skipping whatever else I wrote. Uh, the opening track is "Sign of the Cross." Uh, blew me away. Blew me away right from the start. I like the chanting, and when the music kicks in, I was kind of blown away by the sound of the band. They sounded huge. I could hear all of Nico's drums, which on the previous albums are kind of like hidden a little bit, especially the kick drum. And Steve's bass was uh, even more up front than usual, but it sounded really massive. Uh, I loved all the, the time changes in the middle of a song and the guitar solos and the, uh, are still sounding like Iron Maiden. So I was very impressed with Sign of the Cross so much that it's one of my favorite Maiden tracks, if not my favorite. Wow. Uh, then we get to Lord of the Flies. This one's a bit more upbeat. And again, they're trying something new with the guitars, which I like. Man on the Edge wasn't crazy about this chorus because uh, it just repeats over and over again. As most uh, of them do on this album. I'm as sorry, most of them do, true. and that's this is the album where it starts to get more <laughs> of a common thing with them. So, uh, but it works. I, I do like it, and it actually made me find out what the hell falling down meant. I didn't know it was about a movie. So, and I actually got the well, yeah, Michael movie. Douglas movie. You never yeah, saw yeah. it. I did yeah. after I heard the song. It's a very good movie, by the way. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Fortunes of War, decent song. I like the intro and that repeating melody. Uh, Look for the Truth, another decent song. It's a bit sloppy, but it has its moments. Uh, the Aftermath, my second favorite song on the album. Like the whole album, it just sounds massive, and I really like the chorus. Judgment of Heaven, decent song. Uh, Blood on the World's Hands, another song I really like. I like the beginning, but I can never figure out what's that an acoustic guitar or is that a bass? Do you, do you know what that is? It's Luke? an acoustic bass. 
It's acoustic bass. It's both. Because it's a little when, bit of both. Because when they played it live, I, I, I saw some uh, bootleg uh, concerts of the X Factor. Sorry, X Factor, as they called it. Oh. And uh, yeah, Steve actually played that intro on an acoustic bass. So. Oh, okay, very cool. Uh, so I like the guitar melodies and how the vocals follow them in the verses. I like Nico's drum work as well on this. Uh, the Edge of Darkness, I think vocally this is the strongest Blaze sings on this album for some reason. Maybe it's like one of the last songs they recorded and he felt more comfortable with their band. I have no idea, but it's a great song. Uh, 2AM, another good song. I think lyrically this is more personally about Steve because uh, you can just tell like he's on his own again and all that stuff. So really good song. And The Unbeliever, a decent album ender with a catchy chorus. Uh... Let's go. Let's go to James. Let's do James then. James. So I liked it more than I do other other priest albums or maiden albums because, well, it, it sounds way better. I think. I also think that they got rid of a lot of the controversy that that made Iron Maiden Iron Maiden. Um, I don't hate uh, the lead singer's voice in this. I think he sounds really good uh, for the most part. I think it's, I feel like a lot of it's forced. It still has the same sins of old Iron Maiden. I, I'm sorry, but falling down is not a chorus. Repeating the words falling down <laughs> is not a chorus. But repeating falling down is not a chorus. Repeating oh, falling down is not a chorus. Ooh, that's why you do not sing. Oof. Exactly. It's rough, all right? <laughs> I thought Blaze was in the room. <laughs> It's not that bad. Wow. I, 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 gen- I, I genuinely like Blaze. I think I think I think Blaze was I feel like they forced Blaze to do Dickinson and and not let him do his own thing, which probably led to why the issues of why he had to leave the band at the end of at the end of the second album. Um also with Dickinson being back in the band, but hey, regardless. Um I just feel like it, it's better. It has some of the good things. It also has some of the sins where they really start really slow in a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. They start really slow. And I, you know how I feel about Iron Maiden's slow songs. We've, right. we've, we've, we've well established my, no my views. Songs. May I, James? Yeah. No slow songs. Thank you. Baba. <laughs> Thank you. I, <laughs> the, the, the Iron Sheik number one slow Iron Maiden songs. Akatui. <laughs> Other than that, I think it was a, it's a good album. I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, it's not like one of those upper echelon Iron Maiden albums that has like all the memorable songs, but I don't think it's a bad one. So I think it's mid, mid road. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems, it's just like a, a, they wrote this album without a vocalist in mind. And then when they finally found somebody, they just, you just, they just like uh, threw them in there, you know, and just like do your best, Manny. Yeah. I have to agree with, uh, with James about the uh, and here's the vinyl version of it, of it. Uh, uh, yeah, which is cool. That's what I the like... CD I had looked like it. It was that cover. That was the close-up one. Yeah, that, that's yeah. The, the one I had had uh, had the back on it where he's sitting in the. Yeah, well, the back. Chair. See, this one doesn't have. Oh, so you the, got that one. You got the. Yeah, my the the CD had a uh, Eddie and a in a dance electric uh, chair. Right. Yeah. And my CD was a little different. It had a faraway shot, not yeah, that close. It like that. I would show it to you, but it's in storage over here. Um, That's what it looked like. <laughs> when I first heard the album, I, I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. It, it, the production sounded really dry to me. Blaze's voice was so different than Bruce Dickinson that it, it took me a while. 
Um, and that's the interesting about change of vocalists, Judas Priest, uh, Tim Owens. They got somebody who can sing the Rob Halford material perfectly. They were thinking ahead. Um, ACDC, Brian Johnson. He's no Bon Scott, but he can do the Bon Scott song justice. Even Van Halen. Actually, I don't think Sammy Hager could no. sing a Rob song, but he's capable of doing it just so it would sound different. Or you, or you can go the route that Iron Maiden did. Blaze is so different than Bruce Dickinson or um, Black Sabbath. Ozzy and Dio have nothing in common vocally. It's, so it, it's interesting on that. Hmm. Oh, uh, overall, I as, as I kept listening to the album, I really like it a lot. I think lyrically is the complete opposite of, of the Judas Priest. Lyrically, it's a very intelligent album. It's also one of the first times that they get into more introspective about their personal lives on a few songs, which they don't do very often. I used to hate the production on it, but it works very well. Like Wayne said, that the drums just are really sound really good on it. And Blaze is a great singer. The only thing I can think of the David Lee Roth comparison is if you listen to that Wolf Spangs live album, you know, Blaze tries to get that audience going and tries to get them engaged. And that's the only thing I can think of. But overall, it's a good album. I mean, Lord of the Flies is even based on this book by a uh, classic by William Golding. So, you know, as usual, they, they kept that tradition up. Overall, I think it's a good album. It's still in the lower tier for me of Iron Maiden albums, but I do enjoy it. And I think Blaze, like Ripper Owens, gets a lot of crap that he does not deserve um, for the direction of the album. Um, and by the way, if Judas Priest and Iron Maiden had released the best albums of their career, I still think the albums would have sold poorly. It just was a time frame it was was happening in. You know, they weren't. The, I think the only band that was selling at numbers they were what Van Halen and ACDC, and they only put out albums what sporadic. You know, sporadically. Uh, no, if, we're, Halen, if we're talking Van Halen three, right? Was that Van Halen three in ninety seven? Uh, Van Halen 3 was 98 but if we're talking 95 when this album came out um, Van Halen had balance um, ACDC were just about to release Ball Breaker um, but they had just reunited with Phil Rudd at that point so there was high demand for uh, what they were doing um, Aerosmith was another big yeah, band Molly Crew by that point had tanked that I mean as much as I love that album with Karabi I, I mean, like it too but it, yeah, took, it, was... it took them nowhere um yeah, so the what's called now the heritage rock metal bands, uh, 95, it was really just Van. Oh, and I guess if you want to lump them, Bon Jovi, I guess right, I'll get I'll get Bon Jovi, I'll throw Bon Jovi in there. Why not? So, yeah, so Metallica, Bon Jovi, ACDC, Van Halen, and Aerosmith were probably the five leftover bands, you know. I mean, Def Leppard did have their vaults greatest hits at the time which actually went platinum yeah that, that went platinum so they didn't really suffer yeah but but other bands deep purple definitely suffered i mean they never gained their footing in this country again like they did you well, know in terms of record sales no but in terms of live they still pack them i yeah. mean i i just saw uh deep purple four years ago with priest and uh you know the people still pay to see them and I thought Perpendicular was like one of their best records, which oddly, oddly enough that. was also released on CMC Records. Wow. <laughs> I know so, who else, I'm just looking at this list. Um, White Zombie. 
their last album, Astro Creep, was uh, big at this time. 95. 95, yeah. I love that album personally. So I like White Zombie. What's your uh, What's your view on uh, X Factor, Blue? Uh, so I remember getting this record day of. I was so excited for it. Um, I wasn't disappointed. Um, all, but at the same time, oh, there we go. oh, there he oh. is. Before uh, I give my opinion on X Factor, why don't we let Greg talk about his opinions on Juggie later? I'll and, read uh, some of the chat while he's uh, getting himself ready there. Uh, Andrew Peter, oh, we already read that. Uh, Merciful Fate, oh, I will never disrespect Maiden or Priest, but X Factor is a low point. No Bruce, they did their best. Jugulator Priest was dealing with no Halford, so an A for effort. And Andrew Peters, Hugh Syme, or Sim, whatever I said. Uh, Syme. Syme. Uh, made Rush covers, Grace Under Pressure, and Caress of Steel, etc. He also did some Queen's Right covers, too. No, oh, interesting. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. I'm hey. glad you're on. Wearing my favorite shirt. Yep, little strangers in the night. Oh, love UFO. We were talking about wasted earlier today. You weren't—I don't think you were involved in that conversation, but uh, don't care for them. Yeah, well, that was basically our our take on it. Disappointing. Yeah, anyway, Fastway, not not wasted. Yeah, Fastway was cool. Um, actually, Greg years ago told me to check out an album called Doggy Dog with Fast with Fastway, and it was pretty good. I don't know if Greg remembers that or not. Uh, so Greg, I was about to talk about my opinion on X Factor, but I wanted you to talk about Jugulator and X Factor first, so I want to give the floor to you. Uh, well, fuck, I don't have my notes, but sure. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> well, Good night, everybody. Do you want Blue to continue while you get your notes? I can't remember all the song. Well, it's not too hard with the Priest one because the song titles are basically the fucking chorus in every song. <laughs> that's true enough. but um you know it's funny because that's the first judas priest record i bought as a new release and i really really loved it when i was younger i still like it now but it was a lot more monotonous revisiting it than it was before mm-hmm. they almost seem like they're stuck in a loop a little bit where not necessarily it's the same riffs song for song but by the middle of the album, when you get to burn in hell, it just gets a little tired. Mm-hmm. But um, I really like the thrash sound of it. The guitars, the shortened guitar solos and all that were a little disappointing, though. And it, right. what, what kind of goes into the monotony is it's very much the Glenn Tipton show on this album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not it still that is. Were, well, yeah. <laughs> Not that they really did things like the way, you know, Murray and Smith did, where they were that unique of each other, but still, KK added some character that's missing largely here, and I think it hurts it a little bit, but it's good direction, pretty heavy, Um, could have been better, but I like it. Oh, try that in, me and Greg like the same album at the same time. It is a miracle. Cathedral Spires is a great song, too, by the way. <laughs> I think I hear the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but continue. Yeah, the, tr- the trumpets might be sounding. <laughs> uh, oh, I switched around. Uh, what do you think about uh, X Factor? Or do you want to continue your story? X Factor. 
X Factor is really good and it doesn't deserve all the shit it gets. Hmm. Now, as a mu- musical tone and theme wise, it's very dirty and it kind of stays like that. So, e- even listening to it the, over the past couple of days, you know, when it gets to the middle after, uh, shit, what's the fourth song on there, Wayne? Oh, God. Uh, Aftermath? maybe aftermath yeah and once it gets past that there's like two or three songs that are a little eh, but it really picks up towards the end of it um as much as i like sign of the cross i don't think it was a good idea for an opener i think they should have placed it right before 2 a.m towards the end of the album it would have helped it build to that better i think if they started with man on the edge and move that later mm-hmm. which i love man on the edge i think it's one of their best singles that's one of the tracks where two, I think, plays sounds the best. Um, originally hearing this the first time, I still liked it because, you know, it was Iron Maiden and it was heavy, but it was weird hearing Blaze's vocals. However, they did a real good job on the albums, not so much live, but on the records of playing to his strengths. And um, I think he does really well here, although I won't lie, I do like the live versions with Bruce much better than the album versions. But I have to say that's not really because of Bruce Dickinson. It's because Adrian Smith is back in the band and adds much more um, to the songs than there is with Adam. And you can totally hear where they were going to go later on this. And um, some sections of it do get really proggy. And for the most part, it's cool. It's just missing that extra little something that Adrian provided. But for where they all were mentally at the time, especially Steve, it's a really good record and probably really the only good true unadulterated heavy metal album that came out in 1995. And by that, I mean like old school heavy metal, like Maiden, the new wave of British heavy metal, those type of acts, you know. Those are some big words. Yeah, there, you know, there weren't. Yeah, but there no, weren't. I, it's true though. There weren't very many classic heavy metal acts out there still pushing the sound at the time. And I mean, it's different. It's forward for them, but it's still a great record. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Merciful Fate release an album in '95 too? No, not '95. But not Gamma, Gamma Ray, Gamma Ray, uh, Land of the Free was released in '95, and I think. Blind time of the oath came out in 96 i know yeah. that and then i think uh, blind guardian uh imaginations came out in 95 possibly so really made and was left the only one left of the old guard yep pretty much mm. yeah all right very interesting uh lou do you want to continue your uh yeah so for me it was the first day of release and uh i wasn't disappointed with it um looking back um there's a lot of things about this album that i could say i really appreciate the songwriting when it's really good it's really good um standout tracks sign of the cross um lord of the flies i like man on the edge (laughs) um fortunes of war i didn't care for um i just thought that my main problem with blaze and i think blaze is a really good singer if you listen to his solo stuff where he sings in his register he nails it when he performs maiden songs live he nails them when he does the acoustic 
Maiden covers with Thomas Wiesen. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, on classical guitar, he nails them. He sounds great. Um, I think in Steve's, you know, I think we could talk about it because it's publicized that he was going through a divorce at the time. Um, and, you know, when you're going through something like that, a lot of emotions run through your head. Anger, uh, resentment, um, narcissism, you know, things like that. And, you know, it's possible that him and Rod Smallwood were really putting their foot down and expected Blaze to live up to the expectations of Maiden, which is they play in standard tuning. And Steve writes the book of the material. You know, um, that's just how it is. You know, you, you can't you can't shake a stick at that. Um, other uh, standout tracks were the aftermath. My favorite, I would have to say, is um, Judgment of Heaven. I do love that song. I know at the time I was battling with similar, you know, uh, emotions as well. And uh, Blood on the World's Hands is another standout track. When Bruce sings these songs live, they sound great, especially in his register. Um, my least favorite track, I'd have to say The Unbeliever. I wasn't too crazy about that. Um, the problem with this album is that it sort of begins the trend for Maiden where it's like, you know, long intros and then the song kicks in and then it ends with the same long intro that it started with or like a reprise. So this album definitely starts, you know, in some Maiden fans' views, the the downward spiral of Maiden following that um, that formula. And you know, it's Steve's band. What are you going to do? It is what it is. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is the dark horse in the Iron Maiden catalog. You know. Um, if there was one thing I wish, sorry, two things I wish I could change about it. One, I would have made the tuning in Blaze's register. And two, I would have beefed up the guitars a little bit. I just felt like the guitars were kind of weak. Um, and that's no fault of Dave or, um, or Yannick. I think it was just the way it was produced. And, you know, I mean, like I was listening to uh, Where Eagles Dare earlier today, and I'm just like, God, it sounded so full, and the guitar mm-hmm. sounds so, they just sound so crisp and so good. And then, you know, you hear the guitars on this, and it's like, eh, it kind of leaves much to be desired, but it doesn't take away from the the greatness of the great songs on it. So that's that's how I feel. Yeah, very cool. Um... Yeah, they, I mean the guitars didn't bother me too much. I, I liked how they sounded. I think they um, they're very um, kind of like old school. Like they're not like too over the top with the crunchy guitar sounds. Just kind of like got this mellow guitar thing. I I, I liked it. I don't know. I, no, I, I, I mean they are a little weak sounding though. I mean it, it's pleasant for the most part, but they yeah. should be more out in front on a lot of it. That's why I think the the live versions sound better too because the guitars are more heavier for those right if they had captured the live tone on record it would have made for a better uh recording absolutely uh, i have to agree with your uh your assessment i think the guitars aren't, aren't a, a front enough um 
I also agree it is a sleeper record in the discography for sure. Um, every band has that, and this is definitely theirs, um, at least a band with a long career. Yeah. yeah. W- one thing, though, that I, I have to really uh, not vent, but um, mm-hmm. I guess uh, spit some fire at. When I watch the bootlegs of these concerts uh, from the X Factor tour, I just get very frustrated with how fast they're playing them. And Blaze is really doing his damnedest to keep up with the lyrics, uh, especially singing in a register that's not his. I just want to say, Nico, take some Ritalin. You know, I wish I could have told him that at the time, but I can't. Wasn't there. So eh, I'll leave it alone. Kane was the hell of a drug. Blaze. Uh... Yeah, really. <laughs> You know, again, I was listening to that Wolf's Bane album yesterday. It was a live album called uh, Live Injection Noise or whatever. It's over there somewhere. And um, it was it, live, it's, live in Annie's Attic or something, isn't it? It's, I think it was recorded there. Anyway, it's, it's a club gig and it's really great because you can tell, like, at one point, you know, he goes, Come on, you bastards. You know, he's just really riling up the crowd and he's really good at that. And Iron Maiden wasn't that kind of band. No, I didn't know anything about Wolf's Bane when I bought X Factor. I didn't know anything yeah, about I don't think a lot of people did, especially in the United States. Who the hell would know about that? that I didn't Wolf's even Bane. know that they were on a Rick Rubin's label or that Rick Rubin produced them. I had no idea. I mean, this stuff, I didn't know anything about Blaze until like a couple of, you know, until he joined the band. And I, mm-hmm. I you know, go, who are the, who's Wolf's Bane? If I'd heard that and then heard Iron Maiden, I would have never known how in a million years that he would have fit in right. just personality wise. And like you pointed out, Wolf's Bane's lyrics were basically working Joe, you know, let's go out and have a beer party, score some chicks, man, work sucks. You know, those kind of lyrics, you know, but it's so different. And, and much to Steve Harris credit, he heard something in his voice that, you know, that, maybe blaze in here himself i think blaze does a good job and again i think he gets a lot of crap undeservedly um for the their um their low in stature in the united states that had nothing to do with him you know it it just would have had had everything to do with the the audience that was coming in and doing the concerts then you know the audience that was fan of Iron Maiden in the in the eighties and in nine you know in the early nineties probably didn't go to more concerts you know or didn't yeah. want to, who didn't want to go to concerts anymore and the kids you know because I mean let's be real the 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 nineties you know music concerts were a little bit more uh, what was the best way to put it rowdy mm-hmm. so why would you want to have your kids at that yeah. I will say, though, to two things to uh, Maiden's credit. Number one, their, um, their success didn't wane in Europe. No pun intended, Wayne. Uh, <laughs> it didn't wane in uh, Europe or in South America. They were still right. as popular as they ever were. In fact, I remember there was a Monsters of Rock in Brazil in 96 where Maiden headlined and uh, Merciful Fate and uh, Halloween were also on the bill. So I was quite jealous of of south america for them having that and us not having that but um, i mean even even greece was was 
big into this. You know, we we're big oh, yeah. Iron Maiden back in the day. So, and and the funny thing is, when Maiden played New York City for the X Factor, um, they had Fear Factory as the opening band, and oh. it was the weekend of the big blizzard of January '96, and Maiden had sold out the Academy of Music. That's where they played, hmm. and not one fan who bought a ticket didn't show up everyone still showed up to go see them and support them now i have to ask this question because well i was very young during the blizzard of 96 and obviously not from new york as i I, i'm just assuming this were you guys able to still walk to the venue well it started that saturday and like they were um so as as the show was about to begin that's when it really started to like downpour on the snow so the trains are still running, but come that Monday, Tuesday, for the first time in my life, they actually closed the New York City public schools. Like that's how crazy the blizzard was. Yeah. Sorry, I can't relate. Don't. That's nah, okay. <laughs> Thanks, James. Uh, all right. I was in New Jersey, but I remember it. We were out of school for like a week and a half. We we go we get we get school canceled on the threat of snow around here. So <laughs> yeah, you close school on in one snowdrop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're damn right we do. And uh, in Florida, we had any snow here, they would definitely close schools. You guys would that, die. Exactly, we would die. Tampa, you would die. That's, <laughs> That's because we avoid that thing. What do you guys call that thing? Seasons? Yeah, we don't like that over here. So <laughs> God. Must be we don't take there. kindly. We don't take it. I mean, we, we don't. We don't like the Yankee Dangerous down here. here. You know, we don't like that type of the Connecticut cocaine. We don't like that out here, sir. Connecticut cocaine. <laughs> All right, yes, ratings. Uh, and and Murphy says uh, he saw Priest live with Ripper though, and he ripped. No pun intended. A lot of puns going on this episode. Of there it is. Jeez, yeah. Just don't make. We're going to go to the penitentiary uh, for that. The live album for the Jugulator Tour, 98 Live Meltdown, is, is fucking killer. It yeah. is. Everybody should seek that out. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking before you come on. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Jugulator, but I think it should be reprinted. I think that live album you should just mentioned be reprinted. Give Tim Owen some, some, uh, some royalties and don't try to bury that history. Whether uh, it's good or bad, it's part of their history. It's part of their legacy. And I think it should be... Uh, Acknowledged. Iron I, Maiden play uh, I, Sign of the Cross, I think, from time to time. So it should be acknowledged. Yeah, so. yeah they did the Klansman as well the last time yeah. I saw. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? I think it's Glenn that's embarrassed by it because Rob's been interviewed a couple of times where he said he'd be willing and would even like to perform a couple of songs from Jugulator. Yeah, we I we heard I yeah I think Wayne no it was uh, Lou mm-hmm. mentioned that I doubt the sincerity of that personally. <laughs> I brought that up. Lou denied the the did not say think it was sincere. I don't think I'm with Lou. I, uh, you know, that's like uh, Ozzy saying I'd love to sing a Ronnie James Dio song. I'd like to hear him attempt to. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I don't think he would. Want, Ozzy he knows the lyrics to us. Thing first. Before he could do Dio or Sabbath, I love Rob. I love Rob, but he's the ultimate politician. 
let's face it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting you brought up Iron Maiden never lost your popularity overseas. Say that again, Manny? What? No, I think it's interesting you brought up, you're right, Iron Maiden never lost your prestige overseas. Well, yeah. The same thing with Black Sabbath with Tony Martin. Over here, they couldn't get arrested, but in pockets around the world, that version of Black Sabbath did very well, and people don't realize that. Anyway, Wayne, you were well, saying something. Kind of, oh, sorry. I didn't say anything. You were saying oh, okay, like, I, I mean, it kind of goes back to my conversation that I had with Michael Brandbold. It's like, you know, yeah, it's great if you have a following in Europe or in Asia or South America, but like, you know, where the money is, and I guess, you know, it kind of goes into like a whole currency exchange thing amongst other things, but or just a general statement, but, you know, uh, America is where um, he stated that most bands or artists should aspire to, you know, sell the most records in their tour in because it's where they would get the most revenue from. If you're talking from a complete music business standpoint. And the problem is with, with, with uh, the, with the American music scene, because it's not like that in Europe. And I experienced that firsthand it's whatever radio plays. It's whatever MTV used to play when they did play videos. And it's whatever you heard in movies and television. So that was constantly shoved down your throat. So, of course, metal to the mainstream audience was passe because everyone told them it was. Yeah, that's true. Also, those labels, CMC, uh, IRS Metal, in the case of Black Sabbath, they just didn't have the... Uh... And have the marketing cool. strength. Yeah, the, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's basically my point. Yeah. They didn't have the juice. They had a lot of cool yeah. bands, though. I remember the Overkill was on their label. and um, Yeah, they had, a, they had a lot of great bands, absolutely. Uh, and that was probably another thing that bankrupted them because, you know, you have a band like Deep Purple. Oh, yeah. That takes a lot of money. That's not... You can't just say, well, here's $500 or whatever. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to put out a quality recording well, well, anyway, uh, nuclear blast is doing a great job so they're no severed angel. i agree well man oh well wayne they're no severed angel oh <laughs> well who is who is uh me and lou are severed angel plus oh. uh george dimitri and uh mark oh, Muchnick and uh, alex become like metallica now you two have taken <laughs> over the band <laughs> And uh, yeah, you can go find uh, Severed Angel on uh, YouTube. Actually, while you're on YouTube, right here, you can go and, and hit subscribe. And uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just look up Severed Angel Band and you'll find us. Um, and also hit the subscribe button because as I mentioned before, and I'm not sure who was here and who wasn't here. If you haven't hit subscribe, we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers. And a thousand subscriber is going to win what, Lou? They're going the to Def win Leopard tribute album that Wayne and I are part of. One million dollars. We did a cover of On Through the Night. It is on that compilation. Don't and say you, that. Very good we will give away one million dollars out of Greg's cover. Out of James' uh, bank account, we will give a million dollars. No, 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 not on my bank account. Oh, I right, love we'll that just... review bank account. Yeah. Right. Users talking over top of each other. What I heard was that James was going to give a thousand people a hummer. <laughs> well that too that was if we get to 2000 Jeez, Greg, have you been listening to turbo lately you horny bastard <laughs> right, please give the ratings <laughs> uh, but yeah please hit that subscribe button I see we're at 833 right now so nobody has hit the subscribe button so hit the damn subscribe button
Yeah, oh, you already bastards. did. Whoever didn't hit it, the fucking button. Uh, Devil Dozer. Bots. I have Do nothing it, bots. much to contribute to Priest versus Main episode in the comments as I was balls deep into death metal at the time, even having a death metal show on college radio in 1995. Bullshit. You were yeah, collecting yeah. video games and you know it because you had a, a video game channel on YouTube. I saw it. Liar. Anyway, <laughs> what are we giving Jugulator? Uh, James. Nine. Nine. Lou. Nine. <laughs> Manny. Seven. Seven. That's a lot from you, I would have thought, from that album. Uh, Greg. Eight. Eight. And I'm going to give it a six. Uh, what? I said I can understand why. I, I definitely that. understand why, too. Yeah. Uh, Lou. Uh, for um, X Factor. Seven. Seven. Manny. Eight. Eight. Greg. Eight. Eight. James. Seven. Seven. How is fucking Jugulator going to beat X Factor? Because it does. Because it's better. No. no I, I, that, that I don't agree with. I don't agree I don't with that either. Better. However, yeah. um, let, me, let me make sure this I is correct. Will, I, I, I Jugulator won. I got to um, cut out, gentlemen. I'll talk to you all later. Right. Yep. Take care. One, one thing I want to mention real, real quick, uh, Wayne, before I forget the, the dude in the comments that was talking, I actually feel like there's a little bit of a death metal tinge to this album, always have, specifically in Scott Travis's drums. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I agree, and that's why I, I like it more. That. That's why it I agree. But would you, one thing I was going to say was even though I personally like the X Factor uh, better than Jugulator, Jugulator is an easier listen to listen to all the way through and have it be rocking all the way. There are there are some sections on the maiden that get a little long in the tooth, but overall they're pretty equal to me. I think they're both good records. Both have one or two songs I'm not really fond of, and both are new directions for the band. I have to say both of them came out fairly even here, other than I think Maiden had more heart in the songwriting. I agree with Andrew Peters. Jugulator's lyrics are too cheesy for anything over a six or a seven. Try. Totally yeah. Co- better than Turbo. Co- yeah, better than Turbo. Co- no. I, don't, I, I, don't, I, I can't Puff see that. Puff that copium, baby. Puff uh-uh. that copium. Expect to be. No, I've been later. drinking the stuff under the sink, actually. You have been. You've been on that. You've been on that <laughs> shit. Uh, all right. Everybody hit that subscribe button. Win that CD. It's a very cool CD. We're on there with the, our cover song. And um, go find Severed Angel. That's my band, Lou's band. And I mentioned the other guys before, but go find Severed Angel. Severed Angel Band on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Facebook. Hit yeah. subscribe. Uh, James, anything else with you, your podcast? No Huddle Podcast. We are in week two. Uh, we've been doing a, a nice little morning show um with our friends over at i i am blinking right now but sean has been helping us out with the we've been doing a nice little uh college football preview on saturday morning so uh, i'll be posting that when that comes out uh will not be this week for me because well i'll be busy being uh being a uh, government employee so uh but I'm really excited. Tennessee plays Pitt this week. Also, Florida and Kentucky. We'll we'll have the picks. I'll put those in the comments uh, on our show. 
say it. Great. That sounds exciting. Uh, everybody, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, James. And thank you, Greg, for finally showing up. Yep. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, right. Yeah, it's not I. You know, this was only your idea. So, you know. Well, <laughs> at least I'm here. Yeah, he's, at least, he's at least you know you know he's at least holding the head of the dog while fully proceeding right. yes. hey i'm gonna make it up to everyone for the ones i missed i'm gonna talk about them on screams from the grave except for somewhere in time which i've already done we already did that one that's right all right again thanks everybody for coming and watching the show and joining the chat uh hit that subscribe button again and hit the like button share the show please and uh we will see you next week with more judas priest and we need Iron to start Man. We need yeah. to start a poll too, so I can force you to listen to some old school death metal and early grindcore. Yeah, I know Devil Dozer would like that show. I'm sure he would. I would. I, I would. Love I would be, to talk about disharmonic orchestra. I am. I am thoroughly entertained and would be and would be oh, well listening to that. Well, the best thing about like disharmonic orchestra is they incorporate free jazz into their death metal and grindcore. And I just see Wade being like, what the fuck is this? Uh, you know, or uh, is it uh, Infinite Annihilator when they just then they just start doing random shit? Yeah. yeah. I already feel like I'm going to throw up. Uh, <laughs> see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye. Aloha, everyone. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show, Ratsaw Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's music. The Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike. The Timo Toki Podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki. The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. And the Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs. The Rapsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RapsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Rapsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking over. over.